welcome everybody to the first episode of Current Cinema Podcast. It's uh, been a long time coming, I think. I think for me at least. And uh, Kyle is with me. My name is Jeff. We are from, obviously we're from the Current Gen Podcast. And I've been wanting to do a movie-focused podcast for a long time. Uh, it sounds like Kyle has too. He's had some pent-up thoughts on movies that he wanted to share in, in, in a long-form context kind of like me uh so yeah that's why we started this whole thing is uh i mean i've pre- i think i made it pretty clear on the current gen podcast that movies are my baby and uh like i love i love them so much uh, i do love gaming too but like movies like get the edge a little bit there yeah. um and i think i i think the most interesting thing about movies for me at least is like the fact that if you look at the grand scope of your life it's like the, a really tiny sliver of it, right? It's like two hours maybe at most, unless you're James Cameron and you insist on making 16-hour movies. Um, it's, sorry. Sorry to the do first, a James the Cameron first of thing. many jabs. It's uh, the first probably. five minutes of this. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just one of those things where like, it, the, it, two hours, a very tiny sliver of your life and they can like even potentially change your outlook on life and how you approach it and how uh, and the way you behave and stuff like that. And it's just crazy. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's the main reason why I love movies. Um, but there's other reasons like visually, like cinematography wise and, you know, visual effects wise and stuff like that. Obviously that's on the surface that you can appreciate as well. Um, but that's why for me, I've always wanted to do something long form like this. Um, I don't know about what, what about you, Kyle? Is that, is that kind of like the same for you? Yeah, yeah, I feel very similarly, you know, like, um, and I know you can relate to this because we've talked about this uh, really recently, but like, uh, there have been new movie, maybe it's a movie I've seen a hundred times, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. and it'll be the exact thing make a right. change or the, yeah, and it's just like, oh, yeah, so like, I'm very, uh, um, I don't know how many people get, understand this reference, but like Abed from like Community, where like yeah. as often as I can to make sense of reality, I'll relate it to like, oh yeah, it's just like that movie Blade Runner, you know, yeah. or whatever, you know, I'll always try and like uh, uh, sneak it in somewhere. Uh, yeah, exactly. Trying to make sense of stuff. So uh, they they are my religion, as he would yeah. say. You know, they uh, I feel as passionately about movies as Jeff does. Jeff sees a lot more movies than I do. So he's Unfor- like where my edge I, may come in. A little like not... I get some I'm getting some freezing from you buddy again to be taken on a ride for two hours or two and a half or an hour and a half or whatever it is yeah and come out the other side changed you know in some yeah. kind of way it's pretty powerful stuff so yeah definitely you froze for a little bit there but I, I caught the tail end of it uh <laughs> of course I did f and ethernet cables man we want to go to the Mars but you know ethernet cables can't can't sit in their slot comfortably um <laughs> if i freeze again let me know and Definitely. uh while reset or something um so that's that's why we wanted to start a podcast uh, at least i did and and i'll have other current gen guys on here too but mainly it'll be kyle and i because we've i mean we we had a podcast record rapport before where we did in 2015 we started there is no podcast which was kind of dabbled in everything uh everything pop culture related like everything like movies and games and shows and all this stuff and then we did a tournament based uh podcast for a bit with our friend jd um r.i.p jd we haven't talked to him in a while he's dead uh, yeah. he's dead he's straight up dead the g the d in jd stands for dead 
Uh, so <laughs> new nickname alert. <laughs> we've always we've got like a gazillion nicknames for him that JD stands for, um, and that's one of them now. Um, now he's just just dead. Yeah. Just dead. And so we uh, we we did a tournament thing, and yes, we had movies come up then too, but it was still like a mix of of a lot of pop culture stuff. Uh, we even did one for stand up comics and wrestlers and stuff, and that was that was a really fun podcast. That um, was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but but I always again my heart was always like on I want to do something movie related because I don't like writing reviews uh, long form reviews I've tried that you and I have both tried that it's something about it is like just not as fun or something I don't know what it is um, so uh, yeah this that's definitely why we wanted to get this going um, um, so I wanted to touch on how this differs from current gen podcast um, it, it, there's really not much to dive into there it's it's we really just wanted the space for uh, just movies where we can dive way deeper into the themes of movies that we just don't really have the same amount of time for in current gen because um, that's obviously it's a video game focused podcast and and we do love being on that um, but it's just sometimes it'll be like at the tail end it'll be like let's let's focus on what we're watching but we have to move on you know there's five of us there's a lot of mouths to feed on that podcast so uh, we just wanted to create a different space for it um, but yeah we're still going to talk about movies on that show for sure um, but it'll be different types of movies it'll be more well-known movies and stuff like that uh i would i would say at least that's my logic i don't know if you agree with that or what but probably yeah I would yeah, say yeah. So. yeah it's kind of where i'm thinking that we'll talk because yeah, we're, we're the not ones gonna that gonna show up with weird movies every week yeah where it's like i watch triangle of sadness and let me tell you and everyone's like what are you talking about yeah i'm not gonna watch a half foreign movie i'm sorry i'm not yeah you know <laughs> it's a hard so it's a harder sell on that podcast uh, or, or at least with with the audio, the intended audience of that podcast, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, but yeah, this is what we're gonna. That's why it's called current cinema and not like current, just movie fun or whatever. Uh, because cinema, in the sense that Scorsese says in his in his sometimes pretentious way, where it's like that's cinema. That's me. That's cinema. And you're like, okay, yeah, calm yeah. down, Marty. You know, like everything <laughs> that isn't Marvel is cinema. That's right, that's kind of what much. I picked up from Scorsese. <laughs> Uh, so, so you yeah. know, real movies, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're going to talk about. We're here to talk about real movies, guys. Okay, not this fake Marvel crap. We're totally going to talk about Marvel too. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I love Marvel. I don't care. I yeah, popcorn me up, baby. I don't give. Exactly. A, I don't give a shit. <laughs> um, the also, I just wanted to touch on the intro theme that was uh, done only because it's got movie quotes in it and stuff. That was done by me. I did like. Beginning, middle, and end. I did the entire thing from front to back on GarageBand and iPad. And uh, the quotes I added are quotes that I and sometimes Kyle, we say all the time. So, like, that's why I put them in there. Like the Inception quote, the Matrix quote, super bad. Uh, I think it ends on Dumb and Dumber. Um, we say we still say yeah. all of that stuff. Be before there were memes, we all just quoted the same five movies at each other, right. you know, in the 90s <laughs> exactly. and the early 2000s. So. And we still even do the, well, like, I still say the, well, see you later thing. Yeah, well, uh, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like at work or something. I'm uh, I don't even think we, I've, since we've started hanging out and talking again, have not gone a single day without saying something uh, <laughs> that, uh, from the Matrix specifically. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, the, uh, how does he do it if he's dead? You know, yeah, exactly. So, we yeah. say that all the time. Like, we'll <laughs> we'll find the most manufactured, contrived way to plug that into a conversation with other friends and stuff. Sometimes um, I'll just force it if I know we haven't said it yet. So. Yeah, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun. And there was a comment that somebody made. Like, again, this was years ago when we did the tournament thing, where it's like, 
uh, somebody must like left a comment that really stuck with me about you guys are just trying to make yourselves laugh the whole time. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of that. If that's not your thing, where we're trying to just make yeah, jokes, sorry. laugh and have fun, you might want to turn this off. But I don't know why I'm bringing that up because that was like a years old comment. Yeah, but it's something that like stuck with me for some Same. reason. Same. I do this for fun. Y'all are just here for the ride. You know, yeah. <laughs> we're doing this for each other, basically. <laughs> um, and we always have. That's that was our goal when we started podcasting. Uh, almost. Oh my gosh, it's almost been ten years, dude. That was eight years ago. Yeah, um, Cre- start- uh, creating one hundred and one. Create something you would watch. Create something yeah. you would listen to. Create something you would enjoy. You know, yeah, so. exactly. So that's what that was the priority. It's always a priority. And if people are along for the ride, dude. And, and and you like it? Oh my gosh, that's that's awesome. That's icing. Um, but we're also pretty deep thinkers, so you're also outside of all the dumb jokes, like where you're gonna see us breaking down movies in really thoughtful yeah. and deep, and um, you know maybe ways that you don't watch movies. You know, like my, right. We're watching it maybe on a level that we could uh, share something with you that you don't you don't uh, realize or don't uh, peel back the onion right. on. So. Right, or we just perceive movies totally different than other people, and that's and that's okay too. I mean, and that's, that's art. It's it's all yeah. up to interpretation. So sometimes, yeah, you and I were going to pull different messages from a from the same kind of the movie, same. You know, whenever so. we do, we just got done with the game of the year debates on the current gen podcast, and like it's kind of the same in terms of like uh, how certain games might hit people. Like uh, I think uh, an example would be Sifu, where like you and I really love that game, and the story just I don't know just surprised me and how deep it got. And whereas somebody else on the podcast might be like, didn't really hit me that way. Like, you know, and it's it's like, well, that's a subjective art experience. I mean, that's you find that across all mediums, really. Yeah, um, absolutely. Pretty absolutely. much the same thing. Um, but uh, yeah, so the primarily what we do, what I plan to do every week, and this is going to change, obviously, as we go along. Um, I do want to keep it hour longs because the current gen podcast can go the length of a joe rogan episode it's kind of crazy how long we're, well i always said we're the joe rogan a video game podcast yeah <laughs> yeah exactly. uh, there's five of us and we like and that's again that that's another thing where that's for us that's for us to have fun and stuff like that so the yeah. five of us get together every week and it goes long because there's so many of us and um yeah. we want to give that space for that um yeah but I think that you always had intentions of keeping it on an hour. Cause that's about the that's about the length of a podcast that you would listen to. You know, yeah, exactly. Or even Especially me, one or, about movies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes like, droning on about a movie for three hours like, might might yeah. be a lot. Yeah, because it, it's all it's it's you know it's different than video games, and I think that that's yeah. kind of the main reason you wanted to do this is because movies do offer such a different. Um, yeah, it's different. And it's a more you know. compact experience. Uh, so <laughs> so that means you don't really. I mean, unless you're talking about a franchise that you and I love, like The Matrix. You don't really want to spend three hours talking about a movie that long. I could uh, talk about The Matrix. For three I, hours, I could so. about The Matrix. Yeah, <laughs> there's four movies worth of stuff to, to dig into on that. But uh, but yeah, anyway, for every week though, as far as format is concerned, um, we will we will do a segment. I'm, I'm just going to call it. These are like the most most lazily titled segments ever. Uh, one will just be called uh, "What Did You Watch?" and we will focus on. We'll try to focus on a new movie of the week that just like might have just come out. Um, and then a second movie that we watched that is an older one that can either be a movie you just rewatched, like, or a movie you watched for the first time that's uh, a little bit older. Mm-hmm. Um, and by new movie, I do mean something that might have come out in like the last six, hopefully in the last like six months or something like that. So it doesn't yeah. have to be something that just came out because um, some some weekends we don't have any. Like, I'm not going to see Plane in a movie theater. Sorry, that movie just doesn't appeal to me. I know? won't. I won't let you make me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so instead, I saw something else. Um, 
but that that came out like that did its stupid award push where it came out like a month ago somewhere else first and just now Dallas got to see got to got the movie in theaters um um so that's my example of like a new movie um and then you can obviously pick whatever you might have just seen that's like a 2022 release um that's still kind of fresh on people's minds because the award season is upon us and stuff so uh yeah we'll just start with that and then we're going to do a segment called pick five and i'll elaborate on that as we get into it um but yeah for what did you watch uh do you have like a new quote-unquote new movie that you watched yeah let me let me uh i, I think uh, i had a few i was gonna let you choose from but i think i know which one i just want to choose so we can just get into that so oh yeah uh, why not uh, the triangle of sadness is what i watched uh, oh yeah yeah, this was a movie. <laughs> <laughs> what a ride, dude. Um, a I didn't ride. see any trailers for this movie. You know, I didn't I didn't see anything about this movie. Uh, descriptions of it are vague. You know, I kind of knew there was a yacht because like the descriptions like uh, rich people go on a yacht and things happen. It's really vague. Like, I, I'm, and I'm appreciative of that because I, when I went into the movie and it started, I was like, oh, Jeff's got me watching one of these like weird indie like romance movies or something. This is so weird because that's kind of what it is at the beginning is this yeah. weird kind of couple that are like arguing, you know, um, about, uh, you know, social norms and uh, uh, gender roles and all that stuff, you know, and I'm just like, OK, all right, this is interesting, I guess. Yeah. Um, but it, it, and I, I don't know how much we want to get into spoilers for these movies. We would just kind of want to talk like basic. This is we kind of on this one in particular, because Triangle of Sadness is one that I expect that a lot of people might not have seen. I guess we should kind of be careful. Just be careful. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I, won't, I won't I won't spoil too much. And I know I know exactly what I want to say without giving too much away. But uh, the, the movie quickly gives way to a, a second act that changes everything about the pacing and uh the structure of the movie uh, you meet a lot of new zany new characters you know i, I don't think it's spoiler to talk about like the weird oh, no, characters not at that all. are in it you know like if they're in the cast list we should be able to talk yeah about yeah them. you know there's like there's this uh, uh english like couple that like sell like weapons yeah. uh, you know around the like they're you know they're, they're like war like, to war people they're you know like the most unassuming nice old yeah. couple like and they're like oh yeah yeah we sell weapons and they're like yeah. so happy to talk we about sell it. products that are involved in mutual splits from governments <laughs> or you know it's, it's very it's very funny uh and that's the other thing is like this is it's kind of a dark comedy which like the beginning of the movie is not funny at all like it's just kind of the serious kind of back and forth with this you know with uh, this couple this younger couple or whatever an influencer and a model yeah um and you know and, and and quickly you'll realize the cast kind of represent different rich people new money old money you know yeah. whatever money you know so just yeah, money yeah that's yeah that's <laughs> um and uh, they're all they all go on this uh, trip and then things ensue and uh you know the things that i want to really uh, focus in on are just like the the what the movie had to say just about like um different types of like socialism and capitalism and stuff like that and oh, yeah. um, you know i think uh going too much further into it might divulge too much but i, I it's it's not the movie you sign up for it's not. And by the end of it, yeah. it changes so many times. You're kind of like, what did I just watch? Like, in a really yeah. glorious way, you know? I think so, too. Um, yeah. and, and, and again, like, and I, I didn't know anything going in. Maybe, the, I think the trailers don't give too much away. I think you were kind of uh, applauding it about that. They, they say what you, they say kind of what you said, where, where the trailers <laughs> show, okay, there's this hot couple, all right? And they're going through some troubles, and they go on a yacht, all right? And that's about it. The trailer yeah. doesn't really show you plot movement as much as it focuses on the nutty because because it is advertised as a comedy they show they yeah. show you the nutty moments like the vomiting and stuff like that 
Yeah, um, a lot there's of a lot of vomit and pooping. Yeah, yes. if if you don't like pooping <laughs> and vomiting, maybe stay away from this one. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think it's fantastic. It's one of my favorite movies of the year. It ended up being in my top ten. Uh, you yeah. and I had a long conversation about like all of its meanings and stuff like that. And um, yeah. there are a lot of just great usage of like Marxism and. Yeah. All sorts of different political uh, thought processes uh, that break down and justify why people are the way they are in these social classes and everything. It right. Was, it was was something very cool, and I, I it, it's just living rent free in my brain right now. You know, like oh, all these sure. weeks later after watching it, I'm just like, I can't stop thinking about this movie. I mean, Goodness, I saw it whenever it came out to theaters. November, I saw it, I think, uh, yeah. November, October, somewhere in the fall range, and uh, it wasn't like a sold out showing or anything, but it was certainly. It was, there were certainly enough people there that when they rolled credits, there I, I heard a lot of murmurs about like what yeah. the hell was that type of talks like because when it ends, it just kind of leaves oh, you hanging yeah. like right, and you're kind of left to think about what you just watched, and everybody was kind of pro- not either not ready to process it or not willing to for mm-hmm. the most part, or, or some of us like me just walked out quietly like huh, like just kind of internalizing what we thought about it, whereas a lot of older people were like, well, that was a load of crap and stuff like i mean yeah, there was some of course they were, were. Like, yeah of course they yeah, were yeah they're that just they sense. just don't want to dissect the movie like that because it's a lot and it's like two and a half hours of a lot and it, uh, and it <laughs> wants you to think about it a lot about what it's yeah. trying to say and 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 what what does that yeah. you know what does that kind of stuff mean to you and everything and i boy, remember the it, first time i watched it uh it was like i both you and i are on letterboxd and we'll we'll pimp those out you know plug those at the end of the show or whatever but uh the first time I rated it, it was like three and a half out of five stars. And I was just kind of like, I don't know, something about it's not clicking with me yet. And and it wasn't until like I thought about it more that I was like, okay, this is like a top, I made a top 25 for the year. This I was like, okay, this is a top 25 contender. That the story was making from the first act to the third act. And, uh, and I was like, okay, so this movie is genius, and I, yeah. I totally did, I totally did miss this part. Uh, so it ended up in my top ten too, because uh, you know, it oh, from, did like, it, did it make your yeah, top? Oh, wow. like I totally changed Arcanva, my top cool. ten because of our conversation on it and how like you were making observations on the movie that I hadn't even thought about yet. You had set me up to come into the movie thinking, so I didn't show up to watch some kind of goofy comedy on a yacht, you know, yeah, exactly. which may be a lot of what people. Oh, Woody Harrelson's in this movie. This is going to be great. Which right, he is great. And that is great. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not what the movie's really about, you know. Uh, there's there, and it's it's. Not, I wouldn't even call it like you have to dig deep to find these themes. They're pretty surface level. These themes, you know. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, some of them, um, like especially when uh, uh, <laughs> in the third act, the, there's a lot of the a lot of the stuff is on the nose, and in the and in the first act, like the, there's yeah. those parallels with the first and the third act. But in the first act, especially, like they're being very when they're arguing, they're talking about very specific themes that the movie dives into. And you're like, okay, well, they're just flat out telling us what the movie's about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you're not going to have to dive too deep. But there are some people that felt very left in the cold, at least of, of the reviews that I've uh, yeah. watched and read. Uh, they felt left in the cold by the ending and stuff like that. And how, like, they were kind of like, huh, that was a weird choice. Like, uh, it yeah, just yeah. It felt like there was more to say. But at the same time, it was a long enough movie. So how do you really reconcile like i mean this guy ends his movies very deliberately on such a cold note that it leaves you thinking he did the yeah. same thing on his other it's a movie. hard cut to black yeah <laughs> it is and, and he did the same exact thing kind of it's 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 a slower movie pacing wise but there's a movie called force majeure that he did 
where it's about this couple, uh, and it's the same kind of comedy, where it's like situational comedy, and your brain is laughing, but you might not be outwardly laughing, mm-hmm. you know, so expressively or anything. But like, so it's it the the premise of that movie is uh, this married couple and their kids go on this uh, ski resort. I think it's in the Alps, and it's during the winter time, and there's an avalanche that happens, and the husband immediately runs away, and the kids and the wife are like left there at the table among all these other patrons. Uh, you know, like they're all trying to take cover and stuff like that. And so the rest of the movie is about him having having run away and abandoned his family. And how do they <laughs> how do they really feel about that? You know, like sure. you know, what does that mean? Like how how does he actually feel about his family? I uh, love that. <laughs> and it's it's great. It's them like trying to avoid the fight and get into the fight about it. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and it ends similarly where you're like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but he's the kind of writer and director who doesn't. He doesn't do it without a purpose. So you kind of have to sure. think about why. Why did that happen? Um, and not so much hate that it happened, you know? And, and if you can't reason with the why or you just don't agree with it, then okay, I get that. Like, because it's not going to be for everybody. Um, yeah, yeah. This this is definitely a one where I'm not going to rush to Facebook or whatever and go, everyone's yeah. got to go out and see this movie, you know? <laughs> right. It's, 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 very, it's very particular. And I, like, uh, I, I think it caught me in a really good mood because there is a, um, and I don't think this is a spoiler either, but this is a very of the trend of the fuck the rich trend, you know, like uh, in, <laughs> yeah. in cinema that's going on right now. Yeah, with where that it's just and, like it's just about uh, taking the rich people down a peg or two, you and, know. And like uh, uh, Glass Onion did that, and uh, there was another movie that The Menu did that too. The Menu, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ready or Not a couple years ago was yeah, about, yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> making them look like buffoons, rich people look like buffoons. Ready or Not so was more like, like, look how weird rich people are though. Like they have yeah, and stupid customs. though. Like yeah. everyone was kind of everyone was kind of dumb in that movie yeah. too. So. Uh, which that, that cascades over across a lot of these movies that we're talking about right, as well. Definitely. This like, yeah, rich people are just dumb people with money, you know. Um, and uh, I, it, 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 it's, it hits a lot of those notes. Yeah. And I, maybe so I was walking into that movie like it's just in the right mood. So I feel oh, yeah. like, you know, uh, it is a movie that's asking a lot out of its viewer. But like if you're showing up to see a movie that you're kind of peeling away at its themes at like this yeah. one's got a lot of layers to it if you want to if you want to dive into it. So we'll say um, it's kind of like much like you said that you wouldn't go out of your way to like recommend it to literally everybody. It's kind of similar to anything Nicholas Winding Refn does. That's new like Copenhagen yeah. Cowboy where yeah. it's like, so in, I mean, that's totally a different flavor. It's, it's way more slow and indulgent. Uh, and, and I recognize yeah. that, but I still love it. So like, same, same. Yeah. So like, it's kind of like that. But yet it's why people food. Uh, yeah, there is no God, God or what is that? Only yeah. God forgives. Thank you. Yeah, that, that, yeah. openly at Cannes, so they're like, screw this movie, boo! Yeah, and you and I were like, that movie so was long. excellent. Are you kidding? Yeah. Me? <laughs> <laughs> but, but at the same time, we would never go out of our way to be like, no, I they didn't tell them they were wrong. Yeah, you know? exactly. I, I get it. Like, I was like, it's pretty. Pre- it's it. a pretty pretentious yeah. movie, you know. But yeah. uh, boy, I was totally here for it. You know. Speaking of Copenhagen Cowboy, the same actor who was had the frizzy kind of. Yeah, air from Triangle of Sadness was also in that. He was uh, the, uh, he one was of the gangsters. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was in Copenhagen Cowboy. He was a gangster, and in this one, he was just like a crazy kind of rich guy, uh, yeah. an, an orthodox personality of sorts. And he's yeah. very funny. And and in fact, if I could hand out awards personally, I would give him one for sure for yeah. that. He was great in the movie. He was such a standout. Um, but yeah, that's a great movie. Um, that's a great first choice. Mine is also another. We're getting extra pretensions in this first episode. Yeah, we're, we ourselves are pretentious <laughs> and self-indulgent. So maybe, maybe that says a little worry. bit about we'll, our yeah, we'll love for these like about, weirdos. We'll soon talk about movies that everybody knows, I promise you. Uh, but uh, yes, I did see Women Talking, uh, which 
came out and I think around Christmas time it came out like in select cities, which to me means New York and LA and that's yeah. it. And then they said, okay, a month later we'll give it to the rest of the world. So that's why it just came out to Dallas this weekend. Gotcha. Um, and uh, yeah, this is a movie directed by Sarah Pauly. She, I think she wrote it or co-wrote it too. And she is the star of the Zack Snyder, James Gunn, Dawn of the Dead. Uh, if you're familiar, that's, the blonde girl. She's oh okay, star. yeah, the nurse. But yeah, the, the, she the, is, yeah, yeah. Transitioned over into directing and writing and stuff. I, I don't for think her. This is yeah. movie, but this is definitely the one that she's getting the most attention for. Um, and, and the title of the movie is so silly. Women talking. It's one of those movies that, like, in 2023, I mean, when you hear that name, you're like, yeah. oh, this is gonna, yeah, this is gonna ga gather a lot of attention. That's yeah. probably not the attention that it wants. It's it's kind of <laughs> like in the current gen group how people reacted when they saw the Woman King title. I'm like. Yeah, I get it, guys. It's a dumb title. I totally yeah. get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But trust trust that it's actually really good. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually really good. Uh, so the premise here is, uh, it's a very simple title for such a complex premise of this. Uh, it takes place in a commune, uh, like a religious Mennonite commune or whatever. Okay. Um, and it's kind of picking up in the aftermath of um, all of these men within the community have been sexually assaulting or raping all the women, basically. Um, they've been like just like I think like five or six men have consistently been doing it. And so this this occurs in the aftermath of the men have been reported on and some of them are in jail now. And so the women are left to kind of decide uh, between three options. Do they want to stay and fight, you know, uh, or do they want to just forgive the men or do they want to leave? But the catch is if they leave, they're not going to be allowed into the kingdom of heaven. That's their belief system, at least. OK, um, so that's the the whole movie is really quite. Literally what the title says, it's it's the women talking amongst themselves. And some of them are a little more forgiving, especially because some, uh, like Jesse Buckley's character, is married to one of the accused. Um, and uh, she's, so she's a little more like on the forgiving side because she feels obligated. Like, she, you know, if I sure. don't forgive him, my family's broken. Like, and she has several kids and stuff. Um, and Claire Foy's character, she's a little more passionately like, we got to fight these guys or we got to leave. Like, that's it. Uh, and she's like definitely ang rightfully angry and she's got so many great monologues um, about why. And then there's this male character in the story um, who's literally just there to take the minutes of the, just take notes during the meetings. Um, and his it's played by Ben Wishaw. And he is who was he? He was Q, I think, in the Daniel Craig Bonds. OK, kind of wiry, squirrely looking dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um... He, the other movies he was from, but yeah, that guy. yeah, I think that's the main one that I can recall him from. Uh, Pat, I think he voices Paddington as well. Um, don't get me started. That on Beatles that. movie was he not in that? Was he in that one? Which which Beatles? Or was that the other guy? That nah, doesn't matter. Oh yeah, I think I, are you talking about the Across the Universe? Yeah, Across the Universe. Yeah, I think that was uh, just a different guy. Confusing him with Jim Sturgis. <laughs> yeah, I think I am. I think yeah. what happened Jim, to that guy? Jim Sturgis and uh, the guy. No, no, no. You know what? Uh, never mind. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah don't worry about I, it. I totally got Any, them mixed up. Anyway, yeah. it's kind of interesting. Not English that, dude. That the, uh, the obviously it's probably because I've identified with that character because he's a male character, but but his character just broke my heart in thirteen different ways the entire movie. Like it's kind of crazy his his trajectory and and how he was written and stuff like that. Um, just kind of broke my heart, man. And um, yeah, there's, so there are some emotional moments and then there are some performances like Rooney Mara, who's great. She's a great yeah. actress, but some of the lines that were written for her were a little too Jesus-y, if that makes any sense. You know what I mean? Where okay, she's, sure. she's being a little too passive about everything to the point where it's cringe. 
you know, like, and I'm like, I understand that they are part of a religious community and they're going to genuinely talk this way sometimes, but it, it's a little much sometimes. Like, it's a little too holy, even though they're in the religious community. Again, I get that. And those people exist, you know. But sometimes she talks in, like, so many, like, uh, what's that? like metaphors and stuff that I'm just like, just say what you mean. Like, yeah, just, sure, sure. <laughs> these other actors, like, hey, that's religion, Claire baby. And, like, yeah, I know. <laughs> But, like, Claire Foy and Jesse Buckley, they're saying on the surface what they mean and what they feel. And sure. she's, like, talking in riddles and crap. And I'm like, okay, come on. This is, like, not a real person. Um, it's still a great movie, though. And, and it, But that's the thing that kind of keeps me from it is the subject matter and the, the color. It's got, like, a color tint to it where it's kind of bluish gray. Okay, uh, yeah, there's a little saturation going on that kind of doesn't really appeal to my eyes. Um, so so that's another thing that might keep me from rewatching it. But it is a brisk 90-minute watch. Yeah, it's got some great dialogue otherwise and some great and thanks creators for making movies short sometimes. Oh, dude, for real. Out. What a welcome, refreshing uh, experience that was. The theater experience was not fun because uh, like 14 or 15 kids came in five minutes into the movie that didn't buy tickets and they were just loitering and uh, being on their phone and they were talking and stuff. And then a cop came in and kicked them out. Um, so that oh, was nice. That was, that was a fun That's time. That's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, somebody else Somebody else had the uh, had the the guts and gumption i guess to go actually get somebody and snitch and i uh, see i'll sit there and weather it i don't care I, yeah i'm too lazy i'll just I'm sit there yeah, i'm just mad there. about this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'll just make noises and stare at them the whole time yeah, uh, <laughs> <clears throat> uh, yeah. Oh, oh god quiet uh but you know that was an interesting experience i haven't had anything like Every time you go to theater, you have the worst luck. I'm so kind of done going to the theater. This movie is going to force me to go back to the theater because I declared <laughs> back in November during Black Panther, I was like, I'm done with this. Every time you it's, go, it's you either get... on TV or not at all. <laughs> Every time you go, you get that experience that I dread, yeah. where I, you know, you're constantly interrupted with noises and stuff and 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 rude people just talking. So that was the first time that it happened for me. In, I mean, uh, it's been a long time since I've. Been, had to bring up like oh my god my theater experience was just terrible yeah yeah um but unfortunately they left i want to say it was like 20 minutes in they were kicked out so i still got to experience a huge chunk of the drama and be sucked in yeah, so sure. um I, I still like the movie a lot and That's i think awesome. it i think it's potentially as far as award season is concerned i think it's like the front runner for best uh, i think it's based on a book so best adapted screenplay cool um Although I do wish Glass Onion were the front runner for that one, I think, I think that's considered an adaptation because it's based on a sequel or based on an original movie. Um, oh, okay, I didn't realize that. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know why. I hope that wins something. I know, dude. We're a little bitter about that give movie, it, Jeff. I don't give know it production knows. design or something because that house is immaculate and they destroyed so much of it. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, so those are the new movies. And as far as old movies, do you have an old movie that you watch that like, you can even pick one that you rewatch that you watch all the time. And you're like, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. I just yeah. got, I brought it up the other day, uh, where I just watched men, uh, weird movie. We won't get into that. Um, <laughs> I liked it. Just, it's very weird, but I was like, I kind of want to watch that guy's more weird stuff. So I watched annihilation again, which is one of my favorite sci-fi oh, movies man. ever. Oh yeah, and, for sure. Um, I love that movie. I think the cast of that movie is excellent. I think the, uh, amount of times it took me to watch stuff and realize stuff you know uh, oh yeah it, it's just it, it, it in itself is a very complicated yeah. high concept sci-fi you know um really like the cast in that movie man like oscar isaac i remember in the movie 
he's playing like a 31 year old or whatever. And I'm like, that, come on, get out of here with that. You know, oh, that's crazy. Uh, but like, it, it's, it's just funny that like, uh, all these like 30 young 30 somethings or whatever, are the yeah. only thing holding back this, uh, you know, glimmer, you know, thing that's coming and swallowing the earth, you know? So it's just like, uh, it's funny as we're getting older, I'm just like, Oh yeah. Young people really control the world, man. Yeah. And we're, we're old and obsolete now. And <laughs> everyone that we watch the, uh, change the world is younger now. Not that, not that I've, <laughs> Not that, not that this is a movie I want to talk about, but I watched the movie Parenthood for the first time, uh, which is I think it's a Ron Howard movie. But Steve Martin's character plays like 34 in it. He meant, he literally says aloud, "I'm 35." Yeah, but he's like he doesn't look remotely 35, and I think yeah. he was like in his 40s when he shot that movie. Sure, sure. So I'm like, come on, guys. <laughs> there are real 31 year olds out there, guys. Um, <laughs> I just uh, we don't have to spend too much time, man. Like you and I yeah. have had long conversations about this movie. It's awesome. Yeah. Natalie Portman is is amazing. The ending is such a trip. Um, yeah. And again, yeah. like once you start the bear scene in that movie, you know, because the whole idea of that yeah, movie is like all that. the cells and everything are like fusing together and creating new creations in there. So you have yeah. like crocodiles with shark teeth and you know like all, all this nutty stuff different plants are growing into each other and changing their genetic you know makeup and everything and uh, you run across some creatures that are just like truly yeah. terrifying in this movie um such and an by amazing, the amazing like visual style in that movie oh my gosh yeah oh, it, it, it is it is a treat to watch alex garland's at the top on of some game drugs for that movie. one yeah <laughs> um you know it's like it's like if ex machina was like a really good surface level movie like about like ghosts and machines like waking up and stuff like that mm -hmm. This is a high concept, weird, what's the most abstract, you know, existential thing I can think of. And that's what we're going to shoot a movie about. Right. And then luckily there is a, a book out there that kind of hit some of the notes he wanted to. But from what I understand, he changed a lot. And um, oh, I, think I, um, I think I recall reading that. Yeah, too, yeah. Yeah. And like it ended up probably being better for it. So, um, man, I just love that movie. So I much. love that movie. Yeah, I love that movie quite a bit. And the ending really, really sticks with me in like a haunting way. It's Big so, yeah. so gorgeously shot and like so wtf worthy and just Big time. so good yeah. I, when a movie like when i have to stop and go what is going on <laughs> i'm watching a movie yeah. for me you know, yeah like. exactly <laughs> <laughs> i think uh that one i think that was 2018 right so that, that amazing year for movies i think that was my number one for that year and that came out in like q1 i think that was like a march movie and yeah, i still I it was yeah it was kind of similar to lasted yeah. yeah exactly entire year and that year was again that year was amazing that if you go yeah. back and look at all the movies that came out like avengers infinity war came out that wasn't even in my 10 because that year was so busy yeah. uh there was so much great stuff out um and and uh same same thing happened with everything ever all at once i saw it in like q1 end of march whatever yeah. early yeah. april and it lasted the entire year like yeah, I, was, I think i watched it by april or may and like yeah like no nah, nothing's dethroning this. nothing's gonna beat that i movie. saw that's... northman first and i was like nothing's beating this movie yeah like, i know I that's know. a cool i don't movie. know about that dude yeah. Yeah. uh so you know i when i finally watched it i was just like what the hell is northman uh ended up being yeah. my number two movie of the year but like yeah, yeah. same here same here but you just... and i had the same top three for last year which is kind of funny actually yeah yeah, uh, yeah. in the same order i think because we yeah. both loved the Northmen, like, I mean, you loved it more. You have more of the Viking affinity stuff, but I, I still like five stars easy because that that movie was so sure of itself. And there's something about movies like where the director knows exactly what they're doing, like 100 percent of the movie that that makes yep. speaks, makes the quality like 
increase for me. Like, and it's complete... super, it's super Shakespearean in its storytelling, so they didn't have yeah. to spend too much time on like telling that type of story. Uh, you know, it, it, so they they got to really dive into the style of everything, you know, and yeah, uh, the yeah. And Vikings and stuff. So. Yeah, and some of the fantasy sequences were just unreal, like yeah. uh, the Bjork stuff and him fighting for the sword. Um, the Valkyrie and... that shows up, you know. Oh my gosh, dude! Damn. That movie's so dumb. It looks so good, it's dumb. Like it's... Yeah, it's kind of this world. They fight at a volcano at the end of this movie. Yeah, I know. It's the Naked. best thing ever. And they're just but screaming everything everywhere all at once is. Yeah, I know. You can, <laughs> like three all times that. the movie, that movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a great movie. Um, so the old movie that I watched, and this was a rewatch for me, but it had been since I, I used to work at Blockbuster. Uh, that should surprise nobody um, that's around my age. <laughs> Uh, for the Gen Z people, Blockbuster was a place you went to and you rented movies. Remember uh, what Redbox was? Imagine a brick and mortar store. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I I worked at Blockbuster for two years uh, in like 2003 ish, and this was around the time the movie came out to home video. And it's Road to Perdition. Um, this is the right. uh, this is like an old monster type movie. It came out in 2002, I think, or 2003 ish. Um, so it's like an old timey. Uh, What's what's the word? Prohibition era, I think. Uh, lobster movie where Tom Hanks plays a hitman, um, and he, this is like a totally different role for him. And I think he deliberately chose this so he could show a different side of him, where he's more stoic and just cold, a little cold-hearted starting out in the movie. Um, but yeah, he plays a hitman who is kind of the adopted son of Paul Newman, who is a, a mob boss. And Paul Newman does have an actual son, uh, played by Daniel Craig, and he and Daniel Craig and Tom Hanks are constantly at odds with each other because uh, Daniel Craig's jealous, obviously. He's like, I want my father's love, and I feel like he loves Tom Hanks more. Um, so there's some of that going on. Um, but the main main story of it, um, the main story of it is uh, Tom Hanks' character scope of what he actually does for his, for his boss slash adopted dad. So... Uh, his son, one of his youngest sons, um, catches him killing somebody. And so the whole movie is like Tom Hanks reckoning with that and um, and and realizing that, OK, this puts a target on my back now. Uh, you know, so like he feels like Paul Newman, uh, who, Paul Newman's character will probably like start issuing a hit now because of. So he, he starts to get paranoid. And then it's Daniel Craig, uh, his character. He's kind of a loose cannon uh, hitman. So he's like kind of gets a little insecure and stuff. So he starts, uh, I think he's the one that first issues the hit. Uh, he issues a hit out on Tom Hanks. And there's a great scene where Tom Hanks is going to collect a debt from somebody. And uh, and when he gives the guy the note, um, there's a really great moment where he's staring at the guy and they're kind of like looking at each other. like. And then Tom Hanks realizing, oh, this guy was given instructions to kill me. So like he starts just starts icing everybody in the room in this amazing scene. Um and but yeah, he realizes that the note said, "If you kill this guy, all your debts are off. All your debts are paid." And the note came from Daniel Craig's character, basically. Um, so it kind of start. That's basically what the movie is in a nutshell. And, and I realize I kind of spoiled like twenty minutes of it, but you need to know that it's like a road movie between Tom Hanks's character and his son, played by T Tyler Hawklin, Hawklin, something like that. He's the guy who plays Superman in the CW, the crappy CW shows. So he aged up into a full-time actor. Like Smallville Superman or Superman? Uh, No, no, no. The new new Superman. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Superman and Lois guy. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's just a freaking fantastic movie, dude. It's it, There's a scene where, like, 
you'll recognize it from the poster where Tom Hanks is coming out with like one of those uh, old like machine gun. What are you call those guns? Tommy guns. He's coming out of the rain with a Tommy gun. And that is a scene in the movie where he's like, uh, he's about to attack all these people, but you don't see, you just see the gunshots and you don't see him until he emerges from the rain and like the street lights kind of, you know, show his shadow coming out. And like, uh, it's such a great scene, man. Um, Jude Law's in it. He plays kind of an unhinged uh, contract murder, murderer for hire, basically like a contract killer or who moonlights as a uh, he, he's a crime scene photographer. Um, so there's some really messed up scenes with him. Um, he's just a nutty guy in this movie. It's just fantastic, dude. I think I found it on scrolling through Netflix. I was looking for an old movie. What can I watch? That's an old movie I haven't seen in a long time. Um, and I just landed on that one because I was like, I've been meaning to watch this again. And sure enough, it just it's just freaking awesome. I think I don't know if it got nominated for Best Picture or what have you, but it deserved whatever act. I think Paul Newman did get nominated for Best Supporting Actor, and it was one of his final roles until he just went to doing the Cars franchise for the rest of his life. Um, and, and I think you and I decided officially that the Cars franchise killed him, right? That's what we're landing yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. That's the Cars that's franchise. A podcast canon. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great movie, guys. Everybody needs to go watch that. I, I'm I'm going to go watch it. I've never never seen it, and for no good reason. Just uh, it's so great. Dude. It, I, it, 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 it's a Kyle ass movie too. I was telling you that too as I was watching. I like gangster it. movies, it's, man. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a gangster movie, and it's like a father son movie. And I know yeah, those, big those type of that. stories. Yeah, yeah. So those type of stories speak to you. I know that. Complicated. It's complicated. <laughs> I see the way you're okay. So. Nope, we're going to stop the Avril Lavigne sing-along. All right, so the next segment that I'm going to try to do every week is just, it, we're just calling it Pick 5. Again, not a creative title. Um, but the uh, the segment's going to just consist of me and whoever is joins the panel, Kyle, this week. Uh, we will each pick five movies uh, of a certain topic. So the topic for this week are five movies that defined your taste in film. And, I mean, feel free to define that how you want, but... Um, I, some examples that I listed are like qualities you look for in a movie that help you relate to it. Like, um, these are movies that you watched early on in your life that kind of made you go, Oh, I didn't know I liked that in a movie. I want, I want that in a movie going forward, basically. And, um, it may be, you know, a favorite movie that you watched early on in your life that you're like, Oh, this is my favorite genre now, or, uh, certain character archetypes that you like might resonate with you style of writing or comedy that you immediately gravitated towards, um, that just followed you for the rest of your life. Um, so that's kind of what the list is, and it's not really ranked. We're just kind of going back and forth, one a piece, um, with with five movies that yeah. uh, fit, that fit this category. Um, so why don't you hit me with one of yours? And I think we're going to have a lot, uh, a couple overlaps here for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and I, I just want to reiterate, uh, these are not my top five movies of all time, like you were saying. Oh yeah, just totally. Movies different. that that yeah. just I, I look back on and go, oh, this really informs the way that I watch movies today. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. The first one that came to mind, uh, uh, and I, I chose this one because uh, this is like the very first like serious movie that I watched as a kid that that everyone was like, why are why is he watching that? That's weird or whatever. It's Forrest Gump. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, and that's yeah. definitely not in your top ten of all time. I know no, 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 absolutely not, yeah. absolutely not. I just remember <laughs> seeing this movie and as a kid, like being so weirdly obsessed with it in the way that like a kid my age would be obsessed with like Lion King. Yeah. 
Yeah. But like, you know, I was a weird kid, man, you know, yeah. like, uh, you, you know, like I, I, I gravitated more towards these like kind of real stories and, and uh, uh, weird characters you're meeting along the way, the sense of journey and sense of time passing and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's a coming of age story in many ways about a, a weird boy, you know, which I related to in, in a lot of ways and grew up a weird guy, which I still relate to in a lot of ways. <laughs> um, and just uh, it, it just looking back on that movie, I haven't seen that movie uh, dozens and dozens and dozens of times or whatever uh you know introduced me to a lot of actors i ended up going forward and really enjoying again the humor in that movie is a little uh informative of what that like just weird kind of almost cringy humor sometimes you know like your yeah. skin crawly humor you know just situational skin crawly humor um and just yeah it's uh, just it's, it's reactional humor out, like, you know it's, it's forced calling out the obvious in a situation that you normally shouldn't like yeah. it's like you ain't got no legs or whatever yeah. like and you're <laughs> yeah. like don't, don't say that dude that's just yeah. uh, or when uh that's how people are weird when he's and... trying to be a badass to that other uh i think it's like a black panther or something yep. uh but it's a white guy um where he's trying to be like, uh, I'm going to take her back to Alabama. And he thinks he's yeah. being a badass, but it's like just so awkward. Yeah. And it falls on its face. And, and then, so he, then he leaves and he goes, I saw, I'm sorry, I ruined your Black Panther party. You know, like it's <laughs> just super funny to me. Um, but yeah, that, I think that goes on to inform a lot of things about uh, like uh, time being a big theme in movies that I really enjoy these days and stuff like that. And that being kind of a saga or an epic, yeah. which is another genre that it I is, really it enjoy. It is an epic in a way, but it's like, it's something um, about, it's a most accessible, one of the most accessible epics for like yeah, all absolutely, people. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you're, wa you're watching 50 years or 40 years of this guy's life, you know, right. kind, of, kind of going by and it's, uh, it, it's, it's just super interesting. And I, I just enjoy those kind of character studies. And again, yeah. just uh, the uh, the friends you meet along the way type of journey, you know, uh, that really resonates in a lot of movies and stuff that I enjoy today. So that's actually the very first movie that came to mind whenever I thought of this list. That's awesome. Name. I love yeah. that pick. And uh, that kind of falls in the prestige jam, uh, prestige jam, drama. Why can I not today say the freaking phrase <laughs> uh, category? Because I kind of split mine up into categories and then there were some categories I omitted, uh, of course, because it's five. That's the fun of the list. You got to make yeah. some cuts. Um, so, so in my prestige drama category, I ended up going with Schindler's List because I remember seeing nice. that for the first time. Do you remember they used to air this uncut? Yeah, um, it was a big deal. That it was on uncut. like PBS or ABC or something like that. And they would like only have an ad every hour or something like that. That was like, you're watching this at a commercial free because of blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And so that was like my first experience with like a huge award winning prestige drama that I was like, okay, this is actually kind of what I want out of storytelling and talk about it. I mean, it is an epic in a way because yeah, yeah. covering uh, uh, over so many years of World War II and stuff. Um, but yeah, I want, I, that's when I realized I wanted something that not, not, it's not as miserable to watch, but something that tugs at your heartstrings. Cause by the end of that movie, dude, you're, I'm a freaking weepy mess by the end of that movie every single time I watch it. And not that I watch it religiously or nothing. Cause it is a hard watch uh, deliberately. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is definitely the first Spielberg mention that I have of, of like two, because uh, <laughs> um, that dude informed a lot of how I watch movies now. But that that definitely uh, was a character piece that made me go, OK, I think I want to want this out of movies more. I want the uh, this is like a darker side of humanity that I want to see explored a little more. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It's It's hard to describe why the hell would anybody want to watch something like Schindler's List again? 
but it, I just it's, mean it's borderline the same reason why we're all obsessed with like murder documentaries these days. Yeah, yeah. There is that. a human quality where we just we want to know what the spectrum is, so we know kind of what we're right. dealing with here. Yeah, exactly. How bad can people get so we can kind of navigate <laughs> right. not doing that, you know? And then or, how or how can you be a, a quote unquote good person, a decent person in those times where? Uh, Kind of like Harvey Dent says in Dark Knight, like you wanted to be a decent person in an indecent time. And how yeah. how do you do that? Yeah. Um, and, and Oscar Schindler is like trying his damnedest to do it under Nazi regimes noses, basically. And uh, man, it's just one of the most powerful stories I've ever seen. Uh, and it's obviously it still sticks with me today. But I, I just knew that's what I wanted more out of those type of dramas that are like award bait dramas. I wanted yeah. that hard hitting like. I don't care how disturbing some of the stuff is, but this is like true to life, human human drama, uh, character driven, great performances, Ray Fiends just doing some of the most crazy villain acting I've ever like. He's so he does not know how to phone it in. I he, any role that I've seen him in, like even as Voldemort in the children's fantasy uh, movies, you know, like it's just crazy. Um, but uh, anyway, that's that's my that's one of mine. What's uh, what's one of yours? What's another one of yours? Uh, this one is kind of a uh, we're probably gonna laugh at this one, but uh, that's kind of what it's here for. It's Scream. Oh, nice, cool. Yeah. Let me explain to you why though, Jeff. Uh, sure. You know, it, this was the very first like maybe scary. I grew up a, a big pansy, you know, and like didn't <laughs> like scary movies, didn't like zombie movies or anything like that growing up, you know, until. About the time Scream came out, and my sister kind of forced me to go watch it. She's like, you're yeah. going to really like this. It's kind of funny, which she was right. Um, uh, and I think you're going to really like it. And that's when it got me into kind of like the uh, the genre of horror and everything like that was this movie. But it was also, and I didn't realize this until years later, was my first introduction to meta uh, uh, humor and meta entertainment. Because yeah. this movie is all about dissecting the genre of horror movie that it's in, you know. It's mm -hmm. occupying the same space that it's trying to either point at or make fun of or, or make uh, you know observations at. And uh, to this day, that's the type of entertainment that I like to watch, whether it be Rick and Morty or uh, the, the you know the the Fourth Matrix movie, you know, or anything like that. This like very self-aware, uh, I'm I'm making comments about everything that's going on type of movies that's or whatever. So, yeah. That kind of generated for, from Scream for me, you know. Yeah. And, uh, um, and, uh, again, uh, it's, it's, uh, the type of kind of like teen, like bullshit horror that uh, we enjoy <laughs> in the Corey, you know, yeah. uh, a game that we all enjoyed playing last year. It just kind of informs a lot of stuff that, again, that I still enjoy today. And, uh, talk about a series that's still going on, uh, you know, peaks and valleys and stuff like that. We got a new one coming out, you know, it's still a series that I enjoy, uh, you know, checking out and everything as well. But, uh, really w the things that it introduced me for is the reason it made this list, not because of it's yeah. being a prestige horror movie or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it's not quite like that. And horror is not even a genre I thought I would represent on this list, to be honest, but, uh, it is a yeah. genre that I do enjoy, you know, maybe I'm more of the thriller side of things, but, um, mm -hmm. Uh, I, again, I, I just really enjoy the uh, the 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 meta uh, commentary in these types of movies, and it's um, it's it's the type of thing that you and I like to dissect. You know, yeah, just like look, look at it, making fun of itself here. You know, yeah. So had they, to make they, the they, nailed, they nailed that again in the last year with with the Scream Five. Don't call me Scream Five. Scream. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> not not Scream with a five in the title. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Which would have made sense, but okay. But, Put that S should have been a five, you know. Yeah, if if, if I had right there, chosen like a horror slash meta uh, category or whatever, Scream would totally be it because I wore out that VHS. Like I, yeah. I used to watch that religiously. 
And that was my that was I think that was my first introduction to like that horror uh, genre, and, and and that kind of pointed me. In maybe it. I saw like Child's Play on TV and stuff like that. You know, maybe I saw some other movies like on TNT or something like that. But like I'm not going to a theater and yeah. watching a scary movie in theater for the first. This was it. Was Scream. Yeah, yeah definitely. <clears throat> Uh, so my, I, I'll go, I kind of go with like a horror adjacent movie because there's definitely some horror in the movie. Um, but this is the one I saw the latest in my life. I think I saw this in my early twenties and this was when I, I went, Oh, I want more of these type of movies. And, and this is, a uh, I would define this as art house type of snooty pretentious movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went with Clockwork Orange for this because, uh, um, love it. Yeah. Stanley Kubrick, man. Um, this was the first movie of his that I watched that I was like. Oh, I want more of this type of style. Like, I want to see more of this type of weird, like, incredibly slow-paced, deliberate, uh, really offensive to watch on many levels. Like, there's a lot of messed up things that happen in the movie. Um, I just wanted more of that nuttiness. And I feel like it tackles, I feel like it tackles some of those really, really messed up things that Alex does in the movie uh with kind of like a humor to it and and it wants you to feel bad for laughing um the movie wants you to feel bad on many levels like at first it wants you to feel bad for watching what he's doing on screen um and they're kind of, they're almost kubrick's almost kind of glorifying it in a way uh where it feels like a circus act or something that's like entertaining um so it wants you to feel bad on that level and then when he gets caught and there's trying to force him to like change uh and be a different person entirely uh and and they remove his free will they want you to feel bad for him in that sense despite all the horrible stuff you just saw him do um so it's just such a crazy juggling act that kubrick does here and it it made me yeah it it turned me on to the art house type of genre of filmmaking um and now i'm all about the slow pacing stuff like i feel like nicholas winding refn somebody we just talked about Mm -hmm. does that extremely well um yeah he does the same kind of thing, though, where it's like playing with colors and, and like playing with, uh, well, he's more obsessed with neon lights. But you know what I mean? Like he's he's yeah, obsessed yeah. with the production design and the symmetri- uh, symmetrical shots. And, yeah, and I, I, said, I, I said in chat, I was like, they spend so much time, uh, you know, lingering on a scene that he had to make every shot yeah. in, in every single one of his scenes like a wallpaper, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. It's going to be an HD wallpaper somewhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I feel like I feel like Kubrick did that, especially with Clockwork yeah. Orange. Don't get me wrong. There are some. There are some similar, there are definitely some parallels in his filmmaking style with like The Shining and stuff like that. But Clara Orange was the first one I saw that made me go, oh, I want more of that. I want more of that type of cinematography in my life, basically. Uh, so, yeah, that's one of mine. What's another one of yours? Uh, I'm going to piggyback off of your kind of art house pick or whatever. And maybe this is not exactly art house, maybe not exactly indie, but it's pretty adjacent or whatever. It's the very first yeah. movie I remember watching and going oh, I want more of these high-concept, deep-thought movies. Uh, and that's yeah. what James may come with, Robin Williams. Oh, yeah, that's a great, yeah, that's a so really good So I think, pick. I forget what year this came out, but it, it was definitely one that I saw in theaters that, like, I, I don't know what brought me there. My, my sister, or maybe my dad, my dad's kind of a filmy guy himself or whatever, but first off, it, it, it was the first time I ever saw a, a, a comedian, you know, and put in a real performance. So I was like, oh, okay, so everyone can do everything if they're talented enough. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if, you, if you're good enough, you're not just in one lane or whatever. And so, like, yeah. that was pretty informative for me. But also, just, like, that movie is really... I mean, the first part of that movie, when he gets to heaven, like, it's it's made out of, like, oil pastels and stuff like that. And it's got such a style and such vibrant color usage and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And just... it's it, 
and and thinking about how the afterlife works and like they don't really lean into it being like a Christian mythology or anything like that. But there are elements of those things that are in this because it's kind of a lot of people's understanding of the yeah. afterlife is a, a place where good people go, a place where bad people go, you know. Uh, and, yeah. and this this movie explores that in a really big way. Um, and I just it, I remember it being a movie uh, as a young Kyle that I, it was one of the very first ones that challenged me to really think about like what was that movie about and like what was it trying to say and yeah. uh you know uh, uh connecting on on those deep levels that he had like with his kids and meeting with his wife and everything again like just those those big emotional character moments and stuff like that that, that movie has like it just it was a movie like kind of like what you were saying with your last couple movies i was like this is what i want out of movies when i show up it doesn't have to be you know pew pew lasers and yeah. And kung fu and whatnot, and we'll, we'll uh, big, those, big, yeah, which we'll those are great, yeah. <laughs> and have their place, you know. But like uh, movies can also challenge you to really think and feel and everything like that. And and that was definitely maybe the first one that at least comes to memory immediately. So uh, I didn't kind of fits that. I think zone. it was it wasn't until we were doing we were podcasting regularly. Like uh, I think it might have been the tournament one that we were doing that I saw that movie finally because I knew it was going to come up on the tournament, mm-hmm. um, and I saw that for the first time in whenever that was 2018 or whatever mm-hmm. um and uh yeah dude the visuals are it's a, such a striking movie dude still holds it's, up yeah Damn. absolutely the way that they shot it like it still doesn't it doesn't like yeah. it's creepy you know it's 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 creepy when it needs to be and it's beautiful when it needs to be and it hits absolutely. both of those notes in a really big ways and robin williams like you said serious robin williams that's that ended up being kind of like what i remember him for the most now yeah. um you know i mean yes the stand-up is unforgettable especially like i think there was one that we played regularly in blockbuster closer to closing time when there was nobody else around because it was very yeah, vulgar sure. uh but yeah we played that one all i think it was the broadway one we played that one yeah, live all on broadway. the time uh mm-hmm. loved it so much um but but yeah i mostly think of him as uh you know awakenings robin williams or uh or what dreams may come, or or goodwill hunting. I think of him as that Robin Williams. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's just so good, man. He he. He's great he, in that movie. Yeah. yeah. He. Um, what a, Goon, what a, Junior's great in that movie. You know, I forget who plays his wife, but she's amazing in that movie too. Um, yeah, yeah. Wonderful flick. What a good choice, man. Um, I'm gonna. I don't know how to in the world to transition to this one. This is a comedy pick, and it's one of the quotes in the intro theme. It's Dumb and Dumber. I had to. Um, nice. I'm here for it. Yeah. I, I was either, it was a toss up between this or Billy Madison because I still quote both to date, um, but Dumb and Dumber came first, so so that one I know I wore out that VHS as well. Yeah, uh, this is like a movie with Madison. the quotes got a lot of mileage in my life as well. Like, oh, where for it's sure. Just that movie from, from start to finish, I could you know I've probably yeah. recited it at some point in some point or another. And it's still the type of comedy I look for, like in the new current era, where like we're book smart and and you have uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall. And I love you, man, and all that stuff. Like, there's yeah. a lot of really dumb jokes in those movies, and they just—you could tell they, the writers of those movies me. grew up watching those yeah, movies. Exactly, you know? exactly. The '90s era comedies that are just so, in such poor taste, but they're so freaking funny. Yeah, um, I agree. I'm really glad you picked yeah. this because I really wanted to put one of these movies on my list as well, just to represent that, like, the quotable nature of movies yeah. and and uh, that that whole era of dumb comedies that we all participated in yeah even little nicky everybody you were there i saw you yeah exactly. <laughs> we, we wouldn't let those there. movies fly today you yeah know? not exactly. not because they're uh uh you know like uh, we, uh, uh the humor is worn out because it's stupid you know yeah, like exactly. it's a very you know but it's like dumb. that's kind of what we went for back then you know right exactly <laughs> and and for that 
Dumb and Dumber was uh, probably the first one that, that did that for me. Um, I can't, I, you know, there were some people that were like, oh, Airplane was that for me. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? Dumb and Dumber was my gateway to accepting the humor in Airplane, something like Airplane or Top sure. Secret or whatever, where it's like, okay, this is so dumb, I can't help but laugh. Um, yeah, yeah. But Airplane's like a different uh, different level of genius because of Leslie Nielsen and stuff. So I don't yeah. know. It's really hard and, to And it's like pure compare. satire also. It, yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. And they're definitely making fun of a movie I still haven't seen, which is Airport. Never seen any. Me of neither. Them. You know, I've never gonna. Yeah. So. Never gonna. Yeah, why? I've already seen the best version of it. It's airplane. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that's one, another one of mine. What's one of yours? Uh, we're almost done with that. So, um, maybe this is a crossover one. So maybe we can just both talk about this one. The Matrix. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh like, yeah. Oh, no, right on. Like, oh, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> goddamn you, Cipher. Um, <laughs> I uh, we had a whole podcast about this podcast uh, or about yeah. this movie. So, um, you know, you and I are big fans. But, uh, you know, just to get the no death stuff out of the way, like um, this movie informed everything I love about action movies, period. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we may have grown up or, you know, uh, with uh, other action movies, you know, of the Arnold Schwarzenegger variety and stuff like that you John, know, during the John 90s. Woo. Yeah. John Woo and everything like that. But like the Matrix kind of brought that almost that Hong Kong style cinema that John Woo was trying to break through with, but just could never get it to the next level, you know, yeah. of Hollywood acceptance. The Matrix broke all those barriers and and became this kind of like guidebook for like action movies going forward, whether it be gunplay Definitely. or kung fu or anything like that. Everyone was trying to do a Matrix movie. Look at know? look at the lasting impact of that style of action, too, because we still have our favorite movie of last year had a huge Matrix theme to it. The entire multiverse thing of everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah, yeah. It was very exactly. Matrix-influenced in, in very, some of the fighting, so. too, you know? Yeah, well, and then they're fighting a war, and, you know, yeah. it's a, it's, there's a rebellion going on, and yada, yada, And they yada, would yada, dial into, using, like, a Bluetooth headset, dial into another version of themselves to attain their skills, right? Yep, It's yep. the same exact freaking thing. Yeah, it's there, there's, there's, crazy. Some, there's some big influences there, for sure, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, even, you know, we have movies today that we enjoy, you know, like The Raid and some of these Indonesian you know, mm -hmm. uh, uh, martial arts like stuff coming out these days. It, like, they wouldn't be here if it weren't for the Matrix. You know, like there's, yeah, there's a lot of things crawled, so other things could run. Type of conversation. It came out in a time where I was watching a lot of Jackie Chan. Like my brother and I were watching a lot of Jackie Chan uh, dubbed or subbed movies from mm -hmm. like China. Like Master and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We love those movies. It was just the fact that they didn't res they couldn't resonate here, not just because of language barrier, but because the stories were not. Uh, other than maybe like a few exceptions, like who am who am I and stuff like that, the stories were not something that you would remember, like or or yeah. take with you for the, the experience. Whereas the Matrix, the story is like the thing, the thing it is about the, the thing, yeah. yeah. So it's, not only does it look good and it's a lot of fun and the action's really great or whatever, it's got you know it's got all that, but also it has the audacity to have this be this existential piece of media yeah. that like to this day people are going like I don't know man we might be in a computer simulation yeah. today psychologists are saying that you know what there's a 90% chance we're in a computer simulation you know so it's <laughs> yeah. like it, it's it's something that that like cascades through uh, beyond just the movie itself or enjoying it as an action movie it, it's kind of a, an identifier for philosophy and stuff like that as well yeah definitely talk about the world is. That, that movie definitely shaped uh not not just my taste, but like how 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 deep I wanted a movie to go philosophically speaking. Like and, and that was like, oh, I want more of that. Where it's like not too much. You kind of still have to do a lot of homework yourself, but there's a lot of meat there to chew on for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, regards to philosophy. Um damn, that's that's such a great movie. It's still it's my favorite of all time, probably still to date. Yeah, um, same here. Yeah. You know, that's and, a great and, movie. and even even stuff 
like just the subway fight scene and stuff like that. Like it's yeah. like to to today is still one of my favorite like oh yeah dude of all time. And, and especially how they're paying homage to uh well now current action movies pay homage to the Matrix, but the Matrix was pay homage to like Wild West movies. Yeah, right, right. Their Matrix slant where obviously everybody has like zero gravity and stuff like that. Yeah, in the yeah. Uh, but they're doing like, you know, the tumbleweed, which is the newspaper flying yeah, by. Yeah, it's, so, it's yeah, flying by. Yeah, it's yeah. just so great. It's got dude. the most epic throat punch of all time. You know? Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, didn't we share a video with each other? Yeah, where it's just him doing it over and over that. again. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's still uh, yeah. him going through the other choreography, but then it comes back to him throat chopping him such a great throat chop moment uh, yeah love yeah and hugo selling it next level selling well, and, and, <laughs> and, and it, it, it continued a trend that started in the 80s with like ripley and stuff like that of just being like we got a badass chick too you know yeah. with trinity and stuff like that and like she's like no damsel in distress or anything like that like she is yeah. there and kicking ass and and it's just it's it's so cool and i, I just it, talk about a movie like yeah i think it might get the wrong rap where it's like oh it brought in this whole like trench coat persona type of you know attitude to, to kids and stuff like that yeah, there's but, some people that took but, the wrong message from it yeah, yeah. But, but really yeah. the you know what it had was a good representation of like strong kick-ass women you know mm -hmm. of, of 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 joe everyman men going through a, a quite arthurian the one type of tale you know yeah. um and it just has a lot of tenets of classic storytelling but like told and really like uh, healthy and and cool and unique ways for that time. And yeah. uh, again, I, I just, uh, there's a lot of appreciation I have about that movie um, that just, uh, you know, maybe even maybe love what people consider giant pieces of shit today, like the matrix four. So. <laughs> right. Uh, right. Still love that movie. Yep. <laughs> Still love that movie. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. It's interesting. You mentioned the, uh, the people like trench coat people and uh, you know, there, obviously there was a school shooting that, was very inspired by the Matrix. Uh, not that they thought they were in a simulation, but they like modeled their entire personality persona after how people dressed in the Matrix and stuff. Same thing for Fight Club, and that came out the same year. Yeah, yeah. Ninety nine, ninety nine was a pretty toxic, masculine, yeah. you know, uh, year yeah. for. It's like, no, uh, it's not about bad. guys beating each other up and embracing their masculine. I'm sorry, it's just not. It's about, about anarchy, that. right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you know, whatever, it's fine. People take their own interpretations. That's the beauty and sometimes the horror of movies. Um, yeah, but the, yeah. since The Matrix is a shared one, I'll just go to my last one. Uh, my last one that I have is the first time I went to a theater for a blockbuster experience. And and I was like, oh, this is what I want out of blockbusters. is like that sense of wonder and stuff like that. And that was Jurassic Park. Um, oh, it's such yeah, a good dude. pick. Yeah. Right? Uh, I saw the movie just... maybe nine times in theater when I was a kid. And my, like to the point where my dad's like, I never want to see this movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I wish I wish I did repeat visits that much in the movie theater uh, when I was that age. But uh, I just remember that one time going to theater, and the thing that sticks with me from because I don't have a lot of memories of that age because uh, it came out ninety three, so I would have been six. Um, so I I just vividly recall the feelings of dread and stuff that I had in seeing just the glass of the cup of water shaking, the ripples shaking in the water as you hear the T Rex walking uh, in the background and stuff, and I'm like just. That's it, dude. That's you don't. That's the Jaws effect, which I hadn't seen Jaws yet by that point. So like that was the Jaws effect of like you know giving you this sense of dread or feeling uh, uneasy feeling in something that's totally off screen. That's that's about to obviously then they show it on screen and it's it's this animatronic, just amazing, immaculate miracle of a of a set piece. You know, um, yeah, similar to everything else. I mean, that was such a landmark movie for visual effects. Uh, I didn't know that at the time, but. 
watching it as a kid, I'm like, oh, this is real. People for real went and found dinosaurs and like revived them somehow. Like it's just yeah, it that's what I want. Real than all basically. the CGI that is used in today's cinema. Like yeah, it's still exactly. you know, like that's how yeah. good it looked, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's just that's that's when that's when I kind of figured out like that's what I wanted out of the immersion, the the immersive experience of of a, of a big big popcorn blockbuster. Was you know that that you know they're still trying to emulate today with Marvel movies and um, and Avatar. I guess you could argue it does that. The new one within the 3D and like how freaking lifelike it it feels when you're in that movie. Um, I guess there's some of that with the visuals at least. With the story, I can take it or leave it. And and I guess you could argue the same for some people with with the story of Jurassic Park. I don't necessarily agree 100% with like the story being uh, quote unquote paper thin or whatever. Um, but but it is a movie you go there for spectacle, and I feel like that's the spectacle I've I've been looking for ever since. Is that is that type of experience? And I feel like um, I'm trying to think of another movie that might have done it as well uh, since then. Uh, and it's really hard to think of one other than like maybe Fury Road. I mean, is that a is that a blockbuster? I mean, I don't mm-hmm. you know, um, it's hard to I don't know, man. It's I, it's really been impossible for directors to get to that level again. Really, even yeah. Spielberg, you know. Uh, he tried it with Ready Player One, and I enjoy that movie a lot. But it's no Jurassic Park, dude. There's, there hasn't been anything like it since then, in my opinion. Um, at least I'm talking just immersion experience. Yeah, right. Um, and you can say Avatar all you want, but I just there's only so much water I can take. I'm just sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> so hit me with you. How many do you have left? I, that I just not... have one left. Yeah. Oh, okay, I, cool. I have the one left, and it's kind of built off the same thing where you're talking about maybe not on the immersion side, but like spectacle and everything like that. It's Star Wars, baby. You know, oh, Jurassic yeah, Park yeah. is there because Star Wars got him there. You know, that was a tough uh, cut for me. That would have definitely been like my fantasy kind of uh, yeah. Pick too. And the, and the, it, yeah. the Star Wars kind of stands in for like Lord of the Rings and so many other like just yeah. like pure fantasy world building, you know, type of experiences. Star Wars, I had to end up choosing because I'm just like the Star Wars guy, Jeff. That's not the reason. Yeah, that's your thing. Man. It might <laughs> actually be the very first piece of thing that I was ever shown ever because I don't have a memory uh-huh. of seeing Star Wars for the first time and my mom and dad have stories about like yeah you, you like we would just leave it on like when you would be like one or two or, so it's like something that's like always was like playing in the house like while that's I was awesome. growing up so it's like I ha- everything that I saw kind of going forward was always like kind of like Star Wars was like the foundation of like my movie seeing yeah. you know career or whatever um, and which is kind of poetic in a way, you know, because it rhymes or whatever, like the meme. Um, <laughs> but like it, it, it's very basic storytelling, good versus evil. You know, it's very basic storytelling and it's Arthurian type of storytelling. Like I was kind of uh, saying with The Matrix as well. Um, it, it's just uh, it's got all that kind of traditional storytelling that just makes for a very simple story, but uh, gives way for bigger concepts and ideas stuff like that. And that is in the way of like the makeup design and the costumes and the animatronics and the puppets and everything that they used in this movie, including the miniatures and the real explosions that they use and everything like that. It's just like, it's something that held up, you know, it stands the test of time. People still enjoy the regular cuts more than they do the CGI cuts, you know, you know depending yeah, on who you talk to. So it's like, it's one of those things where like, uh, yeah, it, it, it is very much a product of the 70s and everything like that, yeah, or the late yeah. 70s, but like also... It it kind of snuck in and, and and handled itself in the way that like uh, it's time it's timeless you know yeah uh, so 
it's just it's super exciting to watch those movies. You know, they're still doing now. It's a TV show, I guess. It's a TV show franchise. We don't do movies. Yeah, most, anyway. for the most part, it's just TV now. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, uh, for the longest time, Star Wars was cinema to me. You know, yeah. it was it was uh, the, the reason that everyone went and watched Jaws, you know, like the first official blockbuster or whatever. Right. You know, all, all the reasons we go out and watch Mad Max Fury Road in the theaters, you know, it, it's 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 because. We're all trying to run and capture experiences that we got when we watched Jurassic Park in the theater for the first time mm-hmm. and Star Wars in the theater or, or not even the theater, but at home for the first time or whatever. You know, we're all trying to capture those big moments of spectacle, which is what the Marvel movies are all about. They're oh, just yeah. they're just trying to have 13 of those moments in every single movie where it's just it's supposed to be the most important thing in the entire world, which. Um, yeah, yeah. Which uh, sometimes they know and sometimes they don't, yeah. you know. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah but sure. yeah, it, it's it's that kind of spectacle culture that you know Nope's making fun of and everything uh, sometimes in terms of its movies. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it but it's that thing that you and I and a lot of us crave. Uh, it's why Transformers makes a lot of money in the theaters every time it comes out. Unfortunately, we all we yes. all yeah we all want to watch these big <laughs> movies with big events and big stuff and 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 that's the other thing. Like Avatar, it feels like an event, like a cultural thing that happened. Well, we were all there, man. We were standing in line with our blue paint <laughs> right. on. You know, or whatever. Do you remember um, the? I mean, I still kind of get caught up in all the clips of uh, from '99, right? That's when it came out of yep, Phantom yep. Menace coming out, and like news people are just interviewing people online and stuff like that, yep. and and asking for their reactions coming out of the theater, and everybody's just on the mountain of hype and skept- uh, spectacle that they just don't really truly assess what they feel about the movie, yeah, until yeah. like years, uh, not even years later, maybe months later or something like that. Right. Uh, you know, some of them are just like, yeah, it was great. I loved it and stuff. Jar Jar Binks was the best man. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and I was there, you know, I was 13, 12, 11, something like that, you know, when that yeah. movie came out. Um, and so, like, yeah, I, I have vivid memories of going to the theater and, like, remembering the mass of people standing outside so many waiting people. in line to get into the theater, you know, and just, like, that that being a full theater and like every time a word that everyone recognized was said, everybody in the theater would just erupt and cheer, whether it be the name Obi-Wan or R2-D2 showing up or yada yada or whatever. And like that, that moment, that electricity or whatever, which regardless of what people want to say about the sequels or not existed, you know, when those movies came out again, like people go and see these movies to like scream in excitement. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and you could say the same about even Jurassic Park and stuff like that, too. Yeah. Like where it's just like maybe you're not screaming out loud, but your body is like, look at that T-Rex, you know, like, yeah, look at that. Oh my God, look at that raptor. Um, you know, it's 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 the spectacle of it all. And, and it's it's might be the biggest reason we all go see movies. And it's definitely the yeah. thing that draws us all in first. And well, maybe I, I you and I want to dive into the, the our, yeah, our, fr- our buddies on current gen, uh, most of the time when they go to the theater, they go for the big blockbuster spectacle movies. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with that. That's why we're all here. For those are part. those are the movies that are meant to be seen on the big screen. So I yeah, totally yeah. get it. Um, but you know, uh, no one yeah, starts so watching a movie like Schindler's List. You start watching a big blockbuster, yeah. silly, dumb, fun movie. You know, and it, I could it's even most say people's that, like, gateway into into cinema. You know, oh for sure, I could even say that like Star Wars was probably the first thing I would have been watching at home regularly because my uh, my sister, you know, I have two older siblings and both yep. of them love Star Wars. My sister had the toys, my brother had some toys, so like it was all over the house. Like I mean, yeah. we we watched the first one definitely. I watched the most, and I still watch the most. Um, and, and so, yeah, that would have been my alternate pick for like a blockbuster type thing, but I didn't get to see that in theaters until they uh, re-released it and they messed up the CG and stuff like that. Uh, not messed up, but you know what I mean? Yeah, he right. quote unquote tried Added. to correct it or whatever. And Added, you're like, okay, yeah. come on, dude. Greedo uh, shot first now, whatever. <laughs> uh, that's not going to cause any problems. 
Yeah, uh, the, the last thing I want to say about Star Wars is, is that it informed kind of like the cool dude persona that I latch onto in Han, movies. Han Solo, yeah. Han, Indiana Jones and Indiana Jones, you know, like your your classic rugged male anti-hero type, you know. Yeah. Um yeah, that that really maybe Indiana Jones not so anti-hero, but like, you know, just that that classic cool smooth one-liner type of, you know, like a hero. Uh, I wanted to be Han Solo when I was growing up. It was good, man. You like, he, got, argue, he, he, uh, he got the girl. He was cool. He had that gay but cool vest on, you know? Like, he <laughs> he had the cool you ride, you know? You like, argue just... the same thing for how people felt about Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park. Even though his character yeah. was supposed to be a nerd, he was still, like, a... Very big, big sex appeal. Yeah, movie. a big sexy feel, man. He had his yeah. he had his button-up shirt all the way more than when halfway he was, Remember undone, when he was sitting and sideways like, and breathing? yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, yeah that's the uh, people that was people the were cool thirsting guy on him after then. the after yeah. fly though. Remember when he came out naked yeah, on the fly remember. and he was like yeah. jacked? Yeah, people were oh, thirsting yeah. pretty that's hard. Right. That's right. Because <laughs> I didn't see that movie until adulthood. So like, yeah, that's a great movie though. Movie, um, yeah. So so yeah, that's our pick five for the movies that shaped us or shaped our taste. I'm probably gonna put it in the thumbnail or whatever the title of the episode is: movies that shaped us because shaped our taste is a little I don't know. It's a weird phrase. Um, so. Um, I wanted to wrap up the show because it is called Current Cinema by seeing what America's pick five was so we can judge them harshly. And that means the box office. Uh, so this is going from five to one. F number five this weekend, and this is three-day weekend time of this recording. Number five is Plane, that new movie I'm never going to see. Wow. Uh, number four is A Man Called Otto. I'm surprised it made that much. Uh, it's a Tom Hanks being a bitter old man movie. Um, it's actually quite good. Number three is Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. I'm glad that's doing well. That actually, that movie is actually pretty, pretty awesome. Yep. Uh, number two is Mithrigan. Uh, what? <laughs> Megan. <laughs> Mithrigan? <laughs> Mithrigan, it's Megan. I'm surprised uh, it's doing so well in January. I know. I, it's a graveyard shift of a, of a movie release uh, month. But they've done really well, despite how Good dumb that movie is. And, you know, it's... Yeah. And it is deliberately dumb. It's aware of how dumb it is, and I think that definitely adds to the entertainment value of it. I didn't love it as much as there's some people that absolutely adored this movie, and they were like, "It's kind of genius," and I'm like, "It's kind of not." Like, it's, maybe, we, maybe we hold that yeah. word off. You know, let's not let's not ruin what that word actually means. Yeah, please. Uh, you're, you're watering down that word. Yeah, and then, of yeah. Course, number one is uh, some dumb James Cameron movie nobody cares about. Um, so Terminator Three. <laughs> Is that the one he endorsed wholeheartedly, or is that Genesis? I think that was Genesis. Uh, I forget, yeah. You guys are going to love this movie, man. You guys are going to love it. I have my stamp of approval on it. I'm like, you made Avatar, dude. I don't yeah. know how much that stamp is worth these days. <laughs> so that's what America's doing. Um, and it sounds like Avatar is going to break $2 billion like James Cameron wanted to. And I loved how he phrased it in an interview, because he never shuts up now. I guess uh, I got to make this like, movie. I guess I got to make these. like, no, you don't have to. You can just go make something else now. You can just yeah. be like, screw it. A lot of us want you to. You can do the Arthur, uh, what, not, not, this name's not Arthur Miller, George Miller thing. You can do the George Miller thing and just be like, hey, uh, I'm, I know you guys want another Mad Max movie, but I'm going to go make this like genie movie with like Idris Elba. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Why not do that, man? Give me your genie movie or whatever. Like, give me your weird sci-fi whatever fantasy movie before you do another Avatar. That's all I'm saying. Um, but yeah, that's all we got for this week. And, and hopefully uh, you guys tune in for next week when we talk about, I don't know, whatever the hell else comes out then. I, I think I'm seeing... There's another one of those... Uh, gosh, uh, do you remember this movie? I think John Cho did it from a couple years ago, maybe longer um, where he's looking for his daughter or something, but it's I only do, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So yeah, they're doing another movie missing like missing or something. Yeah, they're doing another movie like that called Missing, 
And uh, I'm going to see that on Thursday. But that John Cho one, I was very, I held off because I was like, I hate the gimmick. I hate doing everything on phone screens and webcams. Hate yeah. the gimmick. And then I saw the movie and I was like, all right. Was that before COVID that too? Way, it was pretty good. Was that a what? pre-COVID movie? The I think John Cho so. one? It was. So yeah, like they did a COVID movie before COVID movies were cool? Yeah, they, they did it before the pandemic. This was kind of funny. <laughs> It's annoying. <laughs> uh, so I'll, I'll try to I'll try to at least talk about that next time we record. And my hope is to do this weekly, but if that doesn't shake out that way, we'll see what happens. Like, uh, you know, we're kind of going to be loosey goosey with the schedule on this one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, thanks for those of you that tuned in. We are on Letterboxd, and that's letter, you know, L E T T E R B O X D dot com. No, yeah. uh, I think you're ever chosen on there, and I, I think am, it's just ever chosen. Yeah. I am JMW songs, but that's like a social media kind of adjacent platform for movie nerds and stuff to post their thoughts on movies and make lists. We have a lot of lists there. Resource. Yeah. It's a great resource for that. Uh, so yeah, just thanks for listening to everybody. And of course we're still going to be on current gen. We're still going to talk about movies there a, a little bit. And thanks. Thanks again, everybody. We'll, we'll keep at it. We'll keep at it. That's all I'm going to promise is we'll keep at it. <laughs> Thank you, Kyle, for joining. Thank you.